Hi, everyone. Welcome to Walter's World podcast, um, the first in a series of podcasts that we're doing here about the mainframe space. Uh, my name is Walter Sweat, and I'm the CTO at Estadia. Um, I've been working on mainframes for many more years than I care to remember, but I still love the space, and I love to see what people are doing with it. Um, today, I'm delighted to have as a guest Scott Silk, who is the CEO of Estadia. Uh, and I thought that we would kind of talk a few minutes about what Scott is seeing in the space right now. So, Scott, welcome. Great to talk to you as always. Walter, good to be with you. I appreciate it. So, I know that we are just seeing more activity than we have probably ever seen. And I wanted to get your viewpoint on, you know, what has changed um, in this mainframe migration space that we're in? What is different today, more so than it was two years or five years ago, that you're seeing? Yeah, Walter, good question. And, and from a historical perspective, Stadia has been in the mainframe modernization space since 1994. So we've been in, in the space for 26 years. And interestingly enough, people have been forecasting the death of the mainframe for a couple of decades, and it never really happened. So if you roll the clock back to 2017 and 2018, we started seeing a dramatic uptick in our business, and I really couldn't understand why, because um, there, in that 20, 25 year period when the mainframe was supposed to die, there were always better, faster, cheaper solutions. Um, but one thing we did discover was that it really was the aging of the workforce. The people that support mainframes are baby boomers, and baby boomers are in their late 50s to mid 60s. And what do baby boomers do? They retire and they move to Florida. We're hearing time and time again from leadership in these companies that they want to retire their mainframe before the staffs that support that, that mainframe retire. And, and I think the thing that's been even more recent news is around COVID-19. Um, we didn't know how that was going to impact the mainframe modernization space, but interestingly enough, over the last 60 to 90 days, uh, we have never been more busy because people um, want to get off the mainframe and fast. So that's another trend we're seeing that with COVID, uh, for all the wrong reasons, it's really accelerating the migration off the mainframe. That certainly makes sense. Who would have ever thought that that could be such a driving force, right? You bet. You bet. Um, now, when you talk about COVID and people all of a sudden starting to look at alternatives, what are the driving reasons? Is it just cost? Is it concern about resources? What are you seeing when you're talking to customers? Hey, Walter, there's really three big reasons that we keep hearing. First one is the people risk. You know, it's the, the aging of the workforce. So, you know, get me off the mainframe before my staff that supports the mainframe retires. Um, the second one is a financial risk. If you can do a mainframe modernization project and save 60 to 80%, which is the industry average, um, you need to be saving that kind of money when you're competing with other players that are in that same financial situation. So imagine if you're competing with your number one competitor and their cost basis in IT is 60 to 80% less, that puts your company at a competitive disadvantage. And then finally, the third key point is around business agility. A lot of older mainframe systems are inflexible, many times are batch systems, and companies really need agile cloud-based systems to, to compete in this day and age. Makes sense. Scott, when uh, I did my first mainframe migration back in the dark ages, it was actually 1994, and uh, we did all of the work by hand then, and there weren't an awful lot of options. What do you see people looking at today? Do people just want to move off and keep things as they are, or are they looking to do things differently than they've always done them before? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And you'll hear from the Gartner group, there are five R's out there. You can retire, rewrite, replatform, refactor, and so on. Um, we really see the sweet spot in the industry in two key areas. People either want to replatform their platform and let's take that environment and, and move it into a more modern COBOL environment in the cloud. And the second thing we see very often is a requirement to refactor, which is taking COBOL code and refactoring it to Java or C sharp in the cloud as well. Now, interestingly enough, with COVID, if, if I'd rolled the clock back a mere six months, we'd see a roughly 50-50 split between people that wanted to replatform versus refactor. And now uh, with COVID in full swing, it really has swung way back toward replatforming where it's more 90% replatforming, 10% refactoring. And we hear from clients, get me off the mainframe in a low risk way and do it fast. And then when I start achieving that 60 to 80% cost savings, I can refactor what the cost savings are, are the way they say it is they're refactoring using the house money. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, another thing that I have found to be intriguing when I first started talking to people about being cloud enabled and having the ability to take people to the cloud. And this goes back, gosh, eight, nine years ago, uh, people would be interested. They would ask the question, but I thought it was more like a ticky mark than anything else that they just really wanted to know if you could do it. But if you ever asked them if they wanted to do it, the response was always, no, I don't want to be first. Um, do you feel that that has changed a lot over the last couple of years? Yeah, really, really good question. Um, a lot of our clients always, I mean, we're first and foremost consultants, so they're always asking us for industry trends. And a mere 18 months ago, when we talked to clients, eh, maybe 50%, 60% wanted to go on cloud, 40 to 50% wanted to remain on-prem, and it was almost a security blanket of being able to walk into the data center and see and feel and touch the servers. And now it's it's 90-10 cloud, and um, clearly we, we hardly see a customer that wants to go on-prem. It's virtually all, all cloud nowadays, and I think with COVID too, it's work from home, it's closed the data center, and um, it's all cloud ready at this point in time. The other thing I think that's important to note is if you look at Azure and AWS and GCP, the Google Cloud, those three uh, giants in the industry are all fighting for cloud supremacy to continue their aggressive cloud growth targets. And I think that's spurring the, uh, the major shift toward the cloud as well. It certainly makes sense that with the attention that they are all putting out there and gosh, everything I see and read says that they are all very interested in the mainframe space, that it's got to open up a lot of new opportunities for everyone. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting uh, place to be in the marketplace right now. Um, and I kind of joke around that, you know, people didn't hear the word mainframe and growth collide in the, sentence, the same sentence too often, but it's a, it's a real hyper growth market. There's still some 25,000 mainframes left out there. They'll probably, the vast majority will be replaced over the next five to seven years. Uh, so we're in a, a real hyper hyper growth market. The other thing that's exciting too is people talk about digital transformation and, and what's the first step in my digital transformation journey. In many, many cases, uh, liberating yourself from the mainframe and moving to the cloud is the first step in your digital transformation journey. Okay, perfect. I wanted to ask you for a second about the different environments. When people move from the mainframe and now they're working in a cloud environment, um, does the way that they work, are we finding that people are uh, able to integrate things like 
DevOps easier off of the mainframe than they were on the mainframe? Absolutely. I mean, the, the whole environment is much more extensible and flexible. Um, and, and if you think about it, a lot of the clients we deal with, and, and when I share these numbers, they, they really kind of seem astounding, but some of the uh, applications we're, we're dealing with have been written 40 to 45 years ago. And if you roll back the clock 40 to 45 years, the, the technology was unsophisticated at the time, and it was very rigid and, and unextensible and batch in many cases. So that's another huge advantage of the new cloud environments is easy to integrate with, uh, integrating with new you know, containerized approaches and much more flexible DevOps approaches. I would also think that as you talk about those old architectures, um, that it's important to have technologies and partnerships where people can address all the things that run on the mainframe. Uh, I think that that's something that Estadia has really worked hard on is building those partnerships. Uh, do you continue to see that being an integral part of what we do moving forward? Yeah, well, I mean, Walter, we, we talk to clients a lot about not being all things to all people, but being all things to some people. And, and what our firm is specializing in is if you're an IBM Z-Series mainframe or a Unisys mainframe and you want to replatform or refactor, uh, I'm biased here, but I think we're the finest uh, firm on the planet when it comes to that, that focused capability. But that said, in-house, we, we address probably 85% of what our clients' requirements are. But outside uh, mainline requirements, and we'll use COBOL, Kicks, DB2, things of that nature, you're going to run into PL1, you're going to run into Assembler, Atabase, Natural, Model 204, a lot of really, uh, you know, unique situations in the marketplace. And to address those, those uh, one-off type capabilities, we have something that we kindly refer to as the matrix. And the matrix is uh, comprised of 12 highly specialized partners of ours that fill in that additional 10 to 15% that we don't necessarily uh, have expertise in. So between the matrix and Estadia, we've got a very solid footprint for the entire uh, mainframe estate. And what about project management? I know that that's an area that is uh, considered of utmost importance. How much emphasis does Estadia put into, you know, doing projects the same way all the time and being able to ensure that everything is accounted for? There's a lot that goes on on the mainframe. Uh, there's no one easy button you can push to get off. How, how important is project management, do you feel? Well, it's extremely important. Um, we've done over a couple hundred uh, successful projects, and, and part of the project management uh, approach is um, I hate to say it, but school of hard knocks. We have our, our consultants average 26 years mainframe experience, and, and we um, have more experience per consultant than anybody, but we also have an implementation and project management methodology, which is comprised of the old world techniques, mainframe, and the new world techniques being agile cloud. So when you couple that tailored methodology with a very experienced workforce, we feel that's a very, uh, a very winning combination. And when I say winning, uh, we talk about a success rate of uh, 97%. Um, I'd like to claim we're perfect, but we're not. We, we tend to uh, deliver more often than not uh, very successful projects. But it's kind of a funny story. When, when I joined the firm, uh, the, they were talking, the company talked about a 97% success rate. And I, I wanted to hear about the 3%, not necessarily. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And it was kind of an interesting thing that um, the 3% typically revolves around individuals in a firm that are near retirement age and they don't necessarily want to embark on a, a major project in their last 12 to 18 to 24 months of employment. So in those cases, you'll, you'll see people 
once in a while kick the can down the road. And that's, that's not the optimal situation to be in for, for a successful migration. I'm sure it is just human nature to want to continue what you've been doing and being able to get to that retirement place in Florida that you talked about before. There you go. Um, Scott, in terms of the trends, things that are coming up, uh, do you feel that people are and organizations are easier, have it easier to work with newer technologies once they get off of the mainframe? Well, I think so. I, I think anytime you you make the leap of faith, so to speak, from uh, something you're familiar with, and and, and make no bones about it, uh, mainframe technology is proven. It's solid. In most cases, it's reliable. So there is a little bit of leap of faith where I'm going to jump off of Betsy, who was uh, supporting us well for the last 30 to 5 or 40 years. Um, but in more often than not, when, when we move to the newer technology platforms, and a lot has changed over the last three and four decades, the feedback we get from our clients is, why did we wait? That the, the nervousness of taking that first step was, uh, was really nothing compared to uh, the new capabilities and the, uh, you know, the more powerful capabilities of the newer platforms. Of course, it's gotta be frightening for someone who's never done it. They don't know what to expect. Um, hopefully being able to, work with someone who's done more than 200 of these, that gives them some assurances. Yeah. And then Scott, just one last question. Um, as you look into the future, do you see the rate accelerating of people who are getting off of the mainframe? I know you talked about with, with COVID that that has had an impact. Um, are there some mainframe organizations who probably just forever be on the mainframe, but are most candidates uh, to, be moved from the mainframe? Yeah, interestingly enough, um, the largest financial institutions, the largest retailers, the largest federal agencies, I honestly can't think of one that has stated that they're gonna stay on the mainframe. And I think that when that tipping point is is really important when you when you're talking to the top five banks, the top five retailers, um, you know, the top five federal agencies. I don't know one that's not making the move. It, it's actually pretty incredible. The other thing, and I think the reason they feel comfortable making the move right now is the cloud's been around for a while. So it's the ultimate mainframe in the sky. It's got the scalability, the extensibility, the security. Uh, so people are very comfortable right now taking the entire you know, base of, of their mainframe applications and databases and moving, moving them to the cloud. Another final point is that we were, um, we were speaking with Gartner Group uh, recently, and we asked them for some data on what, what they've observed. And it, it's kind of interesting because they've been doing consulting around the mainframe modernization space for decades. And they shared with us over, uh, over the past 90 days with COVID, the call volume and interest level of getting off the mainframe has increased threefold, 300%. Wow. And they anticipate that going to 4x by the end of the year. So if you take a look at their run rate of interest level this year versus last year, it's probably going to be 400% more. And I think that's another testament to uh, the trains left the station. People are, are uh, jumping on the cloud and, and they're not turning back. Well, it sounds like it's going to be good for them to get in early on that then. Um, interesting times indeed. They sure are, Walter. They sure are. It's a great place to be. It sure is. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time today to be on the podcast. Uh, looking forward to being on more calls with you. Sounds good, Walter. My pleasure. All right, thanks. And thanks, everyone, for joining our podcast today. 
Uh, please keep looking back and come visit Walter's World often. We're going to try to have interesting guests and topics for uh, your listening pleasure. And we look forward to getting to know more of you. Thanks very much, everyone.